Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am so glad you're here. And we have a poem submission for this week, a homecoming journey poem. And this week's poem comes from Anastasia Galkowski. Galkowski, beautiful. Love it and so glad that you sent in your poem. And it reads, I had been away from home for so long. The home inside, as my body temple echoed my suffering, hollowed from the hurt. She waited patiently for me to return to her powerful embrace. Slowly, step by step, I began to discover shelter inside myself again. At first, it felt like stepping inside a haunted house. Old phantoms lurked in the shadows. I stay brave, exploring the hallways of my soul, dusting off memories, beautiful, humorous, painful. Weeping the tears flowed like a river from the spring of my being. Laughing, I reignite the flame of my spirit. Living, I reconnected with the rhythm of my pulse and the music of the heart. A new day, a fresh season. I emerge bright and refreshed after bathing in the storms, holding my own hand. The flickers of sunlight reflect my own glow. I promise I'll never abandon you again. I vow to myself a sacred promise enveloping me in its quiet power. Welcome home. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I really love that. It's so, so beautiful, Anastasia. And I really appreciate the naming of sometimes looking inward can feel like this haunted house, right? Of dealing with these painful memories, these pieces um, that we need to face, but that there's also beauty there, as you named, and humor there. There can be laughter there. Uh, And then learning to hold our own hand, right? And, And that glow, right? That inner glow and not abandoning ourselves, not losing ourselves. So I really appreciate that poem. And as we think about not abandoning ourselves, it is a great segue for us to also think about how we are in relationships. Because I think in relationships, uh, those can be one of the places or spaces where we lose ourselves, right? So you can do homecoming, And then if you're at a toxic job, you can feel like you've lost yourself in that job. Um, You can do a homecoming 
Um, but if you are a part of a spiritual community or another organization that um, in some ways drains or disrupts your spirit in some way, that can cause you to disconnect and lose yourself again or abandon yourself um, for the sake of um, tradition, right, or ritual or obligation. And then there is the category of relationships, right, that in relationships, sometimes we abandon ourselves and lose ourselves. And so today we're going to talk about shifting our beliefs about relationships, shifting our beliefs about relationships. So there are different types of psychology and different types of therapy, and we've touched on a number of them over the episodes. We've uh, done some body-based work. We've done feminist therapy, multicultural therapy, uh, womanist therapy, trauma-informed, trauma-focused therapy, um, spiritually integrated psychotherapy. We've talked about all of these different approaches. And um, I believe in our depression episode, we talked some about cognitive behavioral therapy. And uh, in cognitive therapy, there is a focus on our beliefs and our thinking. And we can have these kind of core beliefs, these thoughts or um, that we have about ourselves, or in this case, about relationships. And those thoughts can then affect how we feel. And they can also affect the way that we behave in relationships or outside of relationships. And so if you have noticed some unhealthy patterns in your relationships, then sometimes we can draw a, a link back to what is it that you fundamentally believe about yourself in relationship to other people. And once you have a sense of what those beliefs are, especially when they are untrue or they're false or they're overgeneralization, then we can um, shift our thinking, right, about relationships so that we can choose to frame, uh, to think about relationships in ways that are healthier, in ways that are based more in truth. Um, in ways that are affirming so that then we can show up in our relationships in healthier ways. Yes. And so um, one of the uh, things that uh, one of the core beliefs or thoughts you can have about relationships is this idea of if I love, I will get hurt. Right. Right. If that is kind of your fundamental belief, your core belief, then what you may find yourself doing is not really getting close to people, right? So I have a fear that love will result in hurt. And so uh, even though I may desire a relationship, I am keeping people at a distance uh, because of that fear. Right. So if there is that assumption that one leads to the other, then we may have um, uh, people who keep everyone at a distance. And so you may say, oh, this is just how I prefer it. Um, but if we dig deep enough for some people, what is under that action of keeping people emotionally distanced is a fear of getting hurt. Right. But if I never let you in, 
then I don't fully love you. And then it doesn't matter to me if you come or if you go. It doesn't matter to me what you say or what you do uh, because I am not invested anyway, right? So I know that there are a number of people who operate in that way, um, but it does come with a cost, especially if you do actually desire intimacy, not only physically, but emotionally. If you do actually desire connection and companionship, then it becomes a form of sabotage, right? Because I really want this thing, but I'm afraid of what it will lead to. And so I will continue to block myself from having the thing that I want, right? So I invite you to think about when you heard that sentence, uh, love just leads to hurt. If there is a part of you, small or large, that said absolutely, right? If you said that is correct, uh, then we want to take a look at um, how we can broaden that assumption so that it will be more accurate and more true, right? Um, and so, you know, we can say the truth is that uh, some people um, and at some times, Loving has included uh, getting hurt, um, but that is not uh, the final destination or the definition of what it means to love, right? And if I love and also experience disappointment or frustration, um, does that mean that the love was not worth it, right? Um, because, you know, we cannot promise you of like, oh, just, you know, love everyone and no one will ever hurt your feelings. Because, right, that is not accurate. But it becomes, is that the fullness of the story um, so that we end up defining things by that, right? I could say, you know, if I go to work, um, I, you know, work, it results in being drained, depleted exhausted and feeling disrespected, right? And many people will say like that is their experience at work. Um, but when you are, and when you are working in something that you find purpose in, or you're able to provide based on working or whatever those, that larger frame is, then I kind of weigh the, the, the cost and the benefits and say, you know, and so I choose each day, whether it feels like a choice or not, like to show up and to work, right? And so sometimes it is not that there is no truth in our assumption, but that we have overgeneralized and at the same time had this narrow view of that's all it is, right? If we declare that all love is is heartbreak, then we have missed the fullness of what love is, right? Uh, that 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 doesn't capture what love is. That can be a part of the journey, right? That can happen when you love someone. Um, but there is so much um, beauty, richness, depth uh, to loving, which is why, you know, many people take the risk of uh, being open or engaging um, or connecting or uh, being intimate, right? So... Uh, one of those uh, beliefs is this idea of uh, love is just about getting hurt. Um, another uh, false belief 
is um, or core belief that people have, which can lead to problems is um, it is my job to fix my partner. Right. It is my job to fix them or it is my job to control them. And if you uh, can imagine if you take that stance with a person, um, what that feels like for you in terms of how you look at the relationship, how you look at them. And then how does that feel for the other person who's on the receiving end of that? Um, of the belief that uh, you are the fixer and they are the one needing to be rebuilt or reshaped in some way, right? That creates um, a power dynamic in the relationship. And it also is fundamentally a lack of acceptance, right? That you are unacceptable, but if you do these like 20 things and, you know, follow my instructions, then at some point you may be acceptable, right, to me. So we want to really look at, you know, a part of what that can lead to is falling in love with potential, right? So then I am thinking about um, when I get through with you, who you could be, right? It's like getting a fixer-up house, right? I'm going to get a fixer-up person. And if I, you know, change this, 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 and this about them, they'll be perfect, right? Well, that's not actually the person, right? That's not actually the person. And what it can also lead to for the person on the receiving end is a sense of uh, frustration, a sense of never being enough, a sense of like living on eggshells um, because this person is always monitoring to look for perfection or to look for me to be something that I am not, right? And so um, while both people or everyone in the relationship um, can grow and change over time, uh, you want to be careful about uh, the dynamic of thinking uh, that that is your job or your role, um, that the partner is not the therapist, the partner is not the parent. Let me say that again. A partner is not a therapist, even if your field, like me, is therapy, right? That when you show up in the space as a partner, you're not there as a mental health professional, and you're also not there as this person's parent. And so you want to be careful about shifting into those roles because that can uh, sabotage the relationship and leave uh, both people very depleted. Uh, another relationship belief that can create a lot of challenges is unless I have a, um, a thin body or a muscular body or what some people would call a fit body, um, I will not be desirable. And um, those challenges around body image or body shame can really uh, create a lot of uh, insecurity. And I want to name, as I have done in other episodes, that that thought didn't just originate with you. I'm very much aware of that. So that becomes a problem when we say, oh, people just have body image issues that arose out of nowhere. 
Um, they didn't come from out of nowhere. You know, we live in a society that puts forward all of these messages, these kind of narrow ideas of what is beautiful. Um, but these ideas are for the most part unattainable um, and can cause us to um, hate ourselves, to hate our bodies. And then it becomes difficult to engage in intimacy. It becomes difficult to enjoy affection um, because we are trying to hide ourselves, right? You know, what does it mean to be intimate with a person while I am hoping you don't see me or feel me or I can't let you um, see me or feel me because I am unhappy, right, with, with my very body? And then it also means that when your partner uh, gives you compliments or affirmation that you can't receive it. So I encourage us to think about our challenges, our difficulties taking compliments, right? So if your partner says to you, oh, you look really nice. And then you say, what, with this body? Or like, oh, you must be joking or you must be kidding or no, I don't. Or I'm sure you would rather look at such and such. So when we do all of that deflecting, uh, it sends a message to your partner that, um, you know, I, I can't receive affirmation, so don't give it to me, which creates a, a, a vicious cycle. Because then if they stop saying it, that will feed into our insecurities and fears as well. Um, and so um, when we talk about body positivity and to embrace the skin we're in, even for those who may be on, you know, um, a fitness journey or are trying to, you know, uh, shift things in the ways that you eat or working out. Um, and to say in the present moment, uh, this body is lovable, is worthy of affection, affirmation, care, intimacy, pleasure, right? Right now. And uh, that will allow us to show up in the relationship space uh, with more freedom and a, an ability to give and receive affection um, without feeling uh, so disconnected from ourselves. So uh, another relationship belief that can uh, really um, create a challenge is um, I'll never find the right person um, or the belief that um, all relationships are hard. And when I believe that they're all hard or I'll never find the right person, um, what that can uh, do is cause us to cling and hold on to things that are things, people, relationships that are unhealthy that are unfulfilling, that are dysfunctional, that may even be abusive. But if I have in my mind that no one will ever treat me better, even though I'm being mistreated, that will cause me to stay in some unhealthy circumstances. Um, or if I have in my mind, well, all relationships are work, so we want to just unpack that because what you'll need to distinguish between is work as an effort, right? That there will be challenges. There is effort involved. 
Um, but we also want to be mindful when um, the major source of what is breaking our spirit, our esteem, our possibility um, that is creating um, anxiety, depression, more insecurity, if all of that is coming from the relationship, well, then we're not just talking about it is work, right? When we say, uh, or when I say a relationship requires work or effort or engagement, you know, it is just the reality that both people come from different life uh, stories and life experiences. And so learning each other is a process. And we are also imperfect beings. And we also, if you're together for some time, uh, people may go through life challenges. Um, they may go through grief and loss. They may go through being laid off on a job. Uh, very Various challenges. If you're raising children, that can be another challenge. Um, but it is how do we ha handle the challenges in a difficult and the difficulties um, in ways where at the foundation there is respect and love and care, right? At the foundation, because that will shape, you know, whether we're turning against each other or turning toward each other, whether we can both take feedback. Um, whether we make um, adjustments and compromise without losing ourselves, as our poet uh, Anastasia was saying on today. So you want to be mindful of that thought process. Um, and then one final one I'll mention is um, the belief, actually two I'll do briefly. One is the belief that um, divorce or a breakup means I'm a failure, right? That if you have this idea that um, a breakup or a divorce means you're a failure, um, that can cause you uh, to have a lot of uh, shame to see yourself as uh, damaged and unworthy or unlovable um, instead of acknowledging that some endings were necessary. Right. Some endings were necessary and for both people's survival and growth, sometimes it needed to end. Um, and so giving yourself grace and compassion and recognizing a relationship may have failed, but it does not mean the individuals are failures. Right. So it, it becomes the difference between. Um, an event or an experience and an identity. What do I mean? So you may have um, interviewed for a job, right? And you didn't get the job. So um, my interview um, was not successful in getting me the job. Um, but at my core, my identity, I am not a failure or a loser. I just didn't get that job. Right. So there are events and experiences that happen in our lives. But if we take that to be the sum total of our worth, our value, our identity, then it can cause us to move through the world in ways um, that are beneath our possibility, uh, beneath our calling, beneath um, our core truth. Right. 
And so I invite you to release uh, the label failure, even if you have been in some relationships that failed, right? So some relationships didn't work out, but if I take that on as my identity, then I will falsely believe that I can never love or that I can never have a good relationship. And uh, that, that does not have to be the ending of your story, right? That our past does not have to dictate our present or our future. And uh, the last one I was just going to mention that can be a core belief around relationships is um, if I love someone, they will abandon me. So this is similar to the first one, which was if I love, I'll get hurt. Um, this other one is if I love uh, the people I love, leave me. And you can easily hear where that belief may have come from early experiences. So if um, parents left or grandparents um, died when the child was young, when early people that you dated did not stay around, um, then people can take that on and believe um, that everyone will always leave me. So if I believe everyone will leave me, I may engage in one of two ways. Either I may stay distant because I'm believing you're going to leave me anyway, so I don't want to get too attached. Or some people do the opposite, where uh, they cling a lot and need constant assurance. But the challenge becomes, no matter how many times people assure you, you don't believe it, right? Because it's not really about their words, even though they're there, you know, day in and day out or week in and week out. Fundamentally, you feel you know, um, undeserving of them staying, right? Or um, uh, uh, afraid to actually breathe and be at home with being loved, right? And being cared for. And so uh, that requires then the internal shift. Yes, it will require a shift in your partner if the partner is doing things that are raising that anxiety, right? So if you're dating someone or married to someone who constantly talks about, I might leave, well, then of course, that's where it's coming from, right? Because they're telling you that. But outside of that circumstance, if even though the person is present, you find yourself perpetually preparing for their departure, that can um, create the very outcome you don't want, right? Because you are non-verbally or even verbally sending a message of, I don't care. Go ahead and go anyway. I know you're going to leave, right? When we are sending those messages, then of course, it leads to the other person feeling uncared for or feeling like this is cannot can never be stable, right? So because the desire is actually, if you're wanting them to stay, if that is the desire, then for us to allow one, the gift of the present, right? Because as with the other experiences, I cannot give you a guarantee or a promise that this person will be with you the rest of your life. And at the same time, uh, if you are enjoying the present and they are showing up for you in the present and they are claiming they want to be in your life, uh, to really try to breathe into the vulnerability, the honesty, of the moment, right? The truth is you don't actually want them to leave. The truth is 
that you um, are invested. The truth is that you do care. And so to be mindful of putting out words or actions that are contrary to that truth, right? We want to live from a place of truth, but also know um, that if the person is showing it and saying it, and I'm still not believing it, then there may be a need for my inner healing and inner work. And with all of these, you know, some of the self-help books and the journaling uh, may be useful and um, actually going to therapy, whether individual or couples, um, can also be an important part of the process. So I want you to know that coming home to yourself and not abandoning yourself is still possible even if you're in relationship. And so we want to uh, really think about the beauty of being able to love ourselves and to love others at the same time. That if it feels like I have to choose that to love you means I have to abandon me, then we want to look at that again, right? I invite you to look at that again. But when it is healthy, when it is nourishing, we can respect and love ourselves, not abandon ourselves, and also respect and love and care for the people who are in our lives. I'm excited you're on the journey, and I invite your soul, I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. <laughs>